0: Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Garing, And I'm Bobby Howe. We sound different in person. We
1: do. I don't know if we're going to sound different to our people or not, but oh, man. we are in person, you guys. Listen we are at recharge right now.
0: And smooth my voice is.
1: And for the first time in two years, we are not on Zoom doing this. We have
0: new microphones. So i I mean, everything is so cool.
1: Just so you know, um, obviously, this is coming out. There are recording as before this comes out, but last night Josh Wells, one of our last guests, he posted on Facebook about how much he enjoyed this experience, and a whole bunch of people like listened to it. We're like, "That's a great job! You did a great job, Josh." He liked us. He liked us. Oh my God. I mean, he may never listen to us again. He may never hear this, but yeah, Josh liked us.
0: Oh, my gosh. And he
1: talked about how he was ready to go hurl before he came on camera. Oh. We're like, oh, but you did a great job, buddy. You did good. So, uh, people
0: just listen because of his accent. That's it. Right. That's the only reason why they listen. Right. Which, he by no the way, value I, to add, oh, I'm just going to say this. You said something about how great his accent was. And then I watched your face the whole time he was talking. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen I mean, Bobby is a smiley person. She smiles a lot. She's and it's great. It's great energy. I have never seen you smile so big in my life as you were while he was talking.
1: So part of that is gonna be <laughs> his accent. Oh yeah. The second part was me just holding my breath, hoping they didn't have to run off camera and go hurl. Okay. Like that's that fair. was the other part of like me just being like, <laughs> What's about to happen? What's about it? we don't know what's about to happen. So Well, Bobby, we're at
0: Recharge today.
1: Right, we are. Like a room?
0: A room full of like five hundred of our friends.
1: Well, they're not in this room with us at this exact time. Well not right
0: this minute. You guys would hear that if
1: But you know, what's really interesting is right before we started Recharge, it was like ten minutes and, and Kyla was telling Michael Pierce, KCRER president, We're starting at nine o'clock. And there was like five people in the room. And Michael goes, have have you looked around the room? And she's like, it's fine, Michael. We're starting at nine o'clock. And like five minutes later, he's like, like, there was like 30 people in the room at that point. And he's like, we're starting? And she's like, we are starting. They will get the people in there. And sure enough, right there at 8.59, the room just filled out. Flooded
0: in. I mean, like
1: every table has people at it.
0: It's awesome. It is awesome. It's really good energy in there. Yeah. It's it's fun. So it's it's really cool to be back in person, to yep. be doing these kinds of events and it really is awesome to be back in person doing the podcast. It is. I don't know if we're like quite to the point where we're going to do that on a regular basis yet, but it feels really nice.
1: I'm 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 not mad about doing this today. It's okay. It's
0: great. Yeah. It feels so good. So how how's things in Bobby's life
1: right oh, now? Oh, I don't know. It's good, I guess. <laughs> No, um, (laughs) let's see. So uh, on our last episode, I talked about the documentary coming up that I was doing with NAR and fair housing. And what I discovered the next day or day after the recording is I got a uh, phone call from someone NAR letting me know that it's going to become an annual award presented by Realtor.com. It's called Be the Change Real Estate Fair Champion Award. And I am one of the recipients of the award this year, and they're giving $4,000 to my favorite charity. And I was like, Veterans Community Project here in Kansas City. And I'm really excited. Uh, I don't know when I get to give them the big check and do all that kind of stuff. And then a year from now, Realtor.com is going to come back and follow up and see what they did with that $4,000. And so
0: oh, that's awesome. I'm
1: I'm really excited that I get to be a conduit to helping one of our local charities, real estate related, fair housing related, veteran related like I just it, it ticks so many boxes and I'm so excited to be a part of it but
0: that is so cool yeah
1: and over the weekend we did record the documentary and we got to see some cool parts of Kansas City and do some fun shooting um, the poor production crew got stuck in New York City they couldn't get here and uh, that was that was interesting the poor producer and director of photography and like last minute we're finding a new um, director of photography here in Kansas City but we got a whole Kansas City based crew and the producer uh, from New York City finally made it here and yeah, it was good times. That is
0: awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank and you. We'll, we'll tell us again what the name of the award is.
1: Be the Change Real Estate Fair Housing Champion Award. Awesome. I'm going to shorten it just be the change. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. you can't
0: like abbreviate that.
1: No. But to... <laughs> you could do whatever, want. But yeah. to <laughs> yeah that doesn't work. It at doesn't all. work
0: very well, uh, but yeah. apparently
1: I'm one of because I wasn't even sure how many people were involved in the documentary or the awards, but there's apparently four of us so
0: awesome and I did
1: recently discover one of my good friends out of d c Harrison beecher uh he is also one of the award recipients. I still don't know who the other two are yet, but I was like, oh yeah Harrison, so it'll be it'll be exciting and fun
0: well, that is super awesome and right. really well deserved and um we're so lucky to have you in Kansas City.
1: Wow, the suck up's real this morning. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, now you're it's winning early. awards.
0: I've got a yeah. I mean, so I've how your we go? Things, <laughs> things are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, and this is one of those things where, um, I learned. So Charlie, we talked the other day about how Charlie's a spicy child, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and she is a spicy child, and mm-hmm. she's awesome. But she has always slept through the night. And started sleeping through the night, like, very early. And we never really, like, had any problems with that. And I would tell people, especially other new parents, and this is starting at, like, a month and a half or so, you know. And I didn't realize that that was, like, not completely typical.
1: No, not at all. And
0: so I mentioned it to... Uh, our marketing director at the time who had recently had a child and she was like visibly upset.
1: Yeah. Did she stab you in your eyeball? She
0: was pissed because her kid was like five months old and was still not sleeping through the night. And she was, and so I learned really quickly not to mention that Mm -hmm. it's happening again with Margot, and she's, she's been sleeping through the night since like uh, five weeks and I somebody came up to me today and was like, You look way too refreshed,
1: right? You're for, you look for rested, a child.
0: yeah. And, and you're and like, I am, and that's not because I'm a jerk husband and mm-hmm. like don't get up at night. Although I will say, Sarah did most of that, but it wasn't like, wasn't very long, right? And so, anyway, I don't know, yeah. So things are good, can't complain about anything. This market, oh my gosh, you know, it's uh. It feels better mm-hmm. now than it did last month. I feel like some things are like rocking and rolling. I wish
1: you guys could see him moving as yeah, he's rocking Mike and Jordan. rolling with yeah, this. It's yeah, yeah, don't know because it
0: it was almost weird. Um, but uh, it was weird, <laughs> just so you know.
1: I'm really sad this isn't on Zoom this time because then there would be video proof of this. And this now there's there's not.
0: But I think that I think things are are starting to rock and roll a little bit. But it's still difficult. I mean, we we know that for sure. Um, but Hey, we're, we're surviving and, uh, and getting people into homes and, um, it just takes a lot of effort and a lot of patience. I actually, I'm excited to talk to our first guest, um, that we're recording today. This is going to be a multi episode, a recording day. Um, he was the first speaker at recharge Mm -hmm. And uh, it's Jared James. Yes. And uh, you know Jared. I know Jared. I've known him probably for 10, 12 years now. Yes. And uh, and he had a, a really interesting point that I'm excited to talk about, but it was about the post-closing piece. and And I do have to sit here and wonder, you know, how many people in this market, when we're working with all of these buyers and they're feeling more and more... Uh, until they get that one under contract, you know, they're on their 10th offer that they're writing and they're feeling a little bit demoralized and, and not great about the process. I wonder how many agents out there are worried about reaching out to their buyers.
1: Oh, 100%. Exactly. 98%. I mean, okay, so 8%. I think it's a
0: really timely conversation. I'm excited to have that with him. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was a really uh, great session that, that he had.
1: And, and here's my piece on that as i just dropped a paper clip that has nothing to do with this podcast um, <laughs> is that we know that a majority of realtors orphan their clients especially yeah. their buyers after closing
0: and they always then, have
1: they always have this yeah. is, but then you add on this market
0: mm-hmm. and you add
1: on the cold feet that start happening closer to closing yeah. we add in these exorbitant prices we're sometimes paying our buyers are paying to get into homes. Yeah. And then you add that on to like, well, I'm scared oh, to have a conversation with them because I'm inspections. scared. Right. Well, what well Guess happens? what I discovered in the house like, or exactly. I, I, I we, we lost a job and now we're having a hard time. You know, like, you, yeah. you, we aren't going to want to have those conversations. And yet those are exactly the conversations we should be having with our people to continue to be there and support them. And
0: spoiler alert, it's not going to be that bad. No, they still love you. Yeah, And that's the other thing that, that, I mean,
1: there will be a few jerks along the way. There will, there for always sure. are, but, but the
0: majority of people, if they're going to be a jerk, you probably have already heard from them. Yeah, that's they, the they've reality. already told you
1: all the things that have gone wrong. I am
0: so excited to talk to Jared about that yep. though, and I, I think that that's going to be great. Do you have a book bit?
1: Why? Wh- why would I have a book bit? That would be weird,
0: right? Oh wait, I do have oh, a book. bit. You are Bobby. I am. Do 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 Bobby's book bit, Casey. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah. Um, just so you <laughs> know, microphone. I, I know it's it's really weird. Like cause oh. it's been so long since I've had headphones on while we've been recording that it's really <laughs> throwing. Making, Amber, Amber wants
0: me to stop making sounds. But there's there's um, just the low tones in these microphones. Are, mm. I really enjoy them.
1: Also, I kind of feel like my Casey Rar, instead of being a cat, should have been a dog. Because outside in the expo, there is a beagle at the doggone mold exhibit booth. Mara, who has, she'll be our other guest in the next episode. Uh, she has three beagles at home, and we went. And we played with the beagles. Maybe we'll talk about that one whenever Mara gets in here. But um, there are beagles outside. If you want to go play with a dog. <clears throat> so my book bit for today is the book Lie Spotting by Pamela Meyer, and it teaches you how to identify deceptive behavior and gives practical advice and helps you foster a culture of trust, truth, and honesty in your immediate environment around you. Mm-hmm. Um, the quote from the book is. It's unlikely that technology will bring back... wow so, what is the problem I, why are you laughing because i made this sound
0: i'm okay i'm sorry but this is good I'm, i apologize i am so used to zoom but where i can mute myself right and, and so you cannot I can, do that and here. i can't do that no. here and so, so you need I, to
1: leave this in the podcast because this is hilarious I right did now like a
0: reaction sound I, you did i was like mm. Mm. <laughs> yes. I, can't,
1: Thank you. I can't do this you can't do that you can't mute okay. yourself
0: i'm gonna i'm just gonna Sit here. welcome
1: to the world of podcasting. <laughs> Jared also has his own podcast. So it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to this. Um, anyways, he's going to be coming in here before long. My favorite quote from the book is it's unlikely that technology will bring back honesty. Only human beings can do that. So as always, there are three lessons from the book. The first lesson being that our bodies express our emotions physiologically. Um, you know, during research, scientists have actually discovered that all basic human emotions have universal facial expressions attached to them. You know, we like to talk about a poker face and things like that, but we actually do have emotions that show up in our face based on the different emotions that we are feeling. And when we can start to read other people it becomes a good indicator of what they're doing to us. I mean, I know I talked in um, the last episode or one of them when we were at President's Circle and reading Mike Pompeo's body language Mm, as he was on stage. This actually ties in to this book. Um, The second lesson is, get this, guys, you're never going to believe it, but lying is more prevalent in your everyday life than you would actually imagine. And there are uh, studies that indicate that you are being lied to anywhere from 10 to 200 times a day. Hmm. And it talks about most of the lies are actually white lies, the ones we say in good faith. Like, no, of course that dress does not make you look fat um, and things like that. Um, but there are there is a gap between who we are and who we would like to be, which is really interesting because it actually ties back to something Jared James talked about on stage today talking about Consistency being the difference between what we say we want to do and what we actually do yeah do I did not want to say do do, but I did um and so but there is that there is that gap between us, and we all tell small so white lies to ourselves to ourselves, to ourselves yeah. yes, one hundred percent, and then lesson three, most people prefer to tell the truth, and your job is to make it as easy for them as possible. And that's where we, uh, the goal is creating a culture of trust and honesty, starting with yourself and the people around you, knowing that you are a safe space and so that they can come and be with you. So the book is Lie Spotting by Pamela Meyer.
0: Great book bit. Yes. I'm told that I do not have a poker face.
1: I would believe that based on just your reactions here (laughs) in this podcast alone, not even any of the other ones. So, hey, let's go get Jared James and bring him in. Jared Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk. We have Jared James here with us. He is the master of all things. That is the title we're going to go with for this podcast session. Welcome, Jared. It's nice to have you as a guest finally on our podcast.
0: Fresh off the stage.
2: Fresh, Fresh off the stage. That is true. Yeah. Uh, thank you. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring that title everywhere I go. I'm going to make sure my children call me that. Master of all master things. Master of all things. While you're dominating them, <laughs> yeah, as you right. were very
1: clear on stage that I'm yeah <laughs> i'm building capacity to dominate my children
2: they're gonna argue that they're gonna tell you that you know my son reminds me daily he's like i'm stronger than you i'm like no you're not you're right. you're a little boy like mm-hmm. you may have an eight pack but i have man strength so that that's how a, old? that's a real thing that happens 15 and 13 okay yeah i can still
1: take him right mine's yeah. nine i'm still taking him but i yeah. like my days are
0: yeah. numbered i've got a three-year-old girl and she takes me already
1: and you have a small, small Sorry.
0: baby. Yeah. I would not
2: say that publicly. Just so you know. That <laughs> this, would,
0: uh, is, this is broadly distributed.
2: This so. went from like DCF worthy. We're talking about how much we dominate our children <laughs> mm-hmm, to yeah. you just brought it right Oof. back. Well,
1: she's, she's three.
2: I mean, yeah. she. oh my God. You Char- say that like she should be dominating you. Right.
0: She's oh. three. Her name, her you name's Charlie though. Kid. So I mean, she's ready to she's bring feisty. it. Like you've named her that. She, she goes no, with it. It's, it's, spicy. Is it? Yeah, spicy. She's spicy. She's spicy and feisty. All right. So.
1: Jared, the session you just got off stage teaching was yeah. how to become undisruptible. Yes. Disruptible. That's yep. a really hard word to say. I like your say. word better, just uh-huh. so you know. Yeah, we go. And dominate your local market. Sure. So talk to us a little bit. What Also, can we get point number two? Because everybody was really upset when point number Everyone two. Everyone
2: like, meaning one one person?
1: Well, the back of the room was all like, what?
2: For the record, I was told 60 minutes. Right. And then I stepped up this morning and they went 45, maybe it might be less. And I'm like, well, I guess we're cutting stuff. Yeah. Like, I guess we're, yeah.
0: 45, maybe it might be less. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I'm like, hey, We've whatever all slides been there. we use.
1: Yes, that's a moment of like, I oh. usually, by
2: the way, I don't even usually use slides. Like, I did an event yeah. recently in front of thousands and I had two slides. And the event organizer goes, why do you only have two slides? And I said, because I felt bad bringing one. Right. Like, and they were identical. Yeah. Like they were an opening closing. They looked identical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess I learned my lesson. I, I came with slides and yeah. somebody yelling from the audience, what was the last one? Mm-hmm. You know, that's. <laughs> Just don't put numbers on them. <laughs> then they'll never know. Yeah, that was interesting, though. But uh, what was number two? Number two, number two, which I didn't talk about, but actually we're going to talk a little bit about, I guess, this afternoon was uh, having a. Uh, uh, predictable marketing, meaning when you look at most agents and how they handle their business, you know, we are really like the ultimate multi-level marketing scheme. You know, everybody gets into the business and we go, talk to your friends and family. Talk to you, We're Amway. That's what we are. And yet when you look at our industry and our business, look, we want to talk to your friends and family. We want to have referrals. There's no doubt about it. But we don't talk enough about the business side you know, so when you talk about predictable marketing in your business, and you talk about knowing the ROI of your, you know, return on investment, and all those kinds of things, it's completely foreign to people. They're like, well, I can't, you know, that's expensive. It's expensive to whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, the only thing more expensive is being invisible. That's expensive, you know, running a roller coaster business, like that's expensive, right? And so that was, I was going to go over some examples, I was going to uh, talk about that stuff. But you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of handle on the fly. And I learned my lesson. Maybe I shouldn't use slides. So before anyway. we
0: started recording, yeah. you had mentioned that you realized yeah. right before you came on yeah. that you were in Kansas and not Missouri.
2: I'm still not convinced that I'm not being punked. It, I mean, you're really There's close. a Kansas City, Kansas? There is a Kansas 100%. City, Kansas? Hey, yeah. look at that. You yeah. learn something new. The more mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Okay, cause and you're not even
0: in Kansas, Kansas City, City, Kansas. You're in Overland Park. Good that's God. The,
1: that's actually the <laughs> fancy part of Kansas City is Overland Park. So it, if, it, if you're going to cross over the state line, Overland Park is the part you would come to. Wow.
0: Yeah. Kansas City, I, I Kansas lying? doesn't get like a lot. And actually, Kansas City, Kansas is a great place. Sure. Why do you say it like that? You went all high-pitched like it's a lie. Like, I, you, it, somebody you, just called
1: that out. Yeah, and, well, yeah. You, you my, called I it did, out in
0: the, yeah, no, it's And fair. my
1: book bit that I just <laughs> did, I do a book bit every episode, lying. was was about spotting lies. It's called lie spotting. Really? Because so generally
2: when people <laughs> are telling the truth, they just say it. They don't go like, and, you know, God, it's, like it's, as if they have, have to voice. convince everyone. Your voice cracked. A fine place. Oh my gosh, it's fine. Yeah, It's fine. I'm sure that'll go on their testimonials It's a great place to live. Yeah. Poor
1: Amber. Amber does not know what to do. This is Amber our first is... time recording in person in two years. We've yeah. been recording our podcast over Zoom for two yeah. years. So yeah. this is just an adventure for all of us right Let's now. Let's get that over think... to the
2: city council. You know, they'll <laughs> yes. just promote that. It's fine. fine. Come, <laughs> it's come to Kansas Overland. City, Kansas City, It's fine. Amber's fine. over here trying to figure out how
0: she's going to cut out all of this shit. Nope. Sh- oh, that's going, what's you, happening? Don't, you don't cut this stuff. <laughs> no. Out. Come on. Well, you
1: just cuss though. Now we get it. No, we now we get, e. get the ready. We get it ready. We finally. get it ready. We get it ready. What does that mean? That's good. When you have explicit words? You
2: get the ready on uh,
1: Apple podcast.
2: Yeah. When you have explicit words. I wouldn't know, guys. I control myself on my podcast. Oh, I'm impressed. Well, okay. For the first <laughs> time in two years, we are not controlling ourselves. So. I are. mean, I'm just saying, okay, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't <laughs> know.
0: Well, okay, the first point you had when you were up on stage. Yes. Uh, and I think we, we were talking before you came on. uh, I think that that's a really important thing to talk about.
2: Have a plan for post-transaction? I have a plan
0: for post-transaction. Was it that
2: or was it the marijuana joke? Which one are we talking about? No, it, it was <laughs> okay, it was that. Gotcha. It, was,
0: it was the post-transaction. <laughs> yeah. And the reason why I think that it's a super timely thing to talk about right now is because, like you mentioned, the marketplace is difficult. We've got all of these buyers that are doing interesting things to get yeah. their offer accepted. Yep. And I think that the agent population in general is concerned that our buyers hate us even though we know that that's not true like
2: they're blaming you they're gonna blame like, like you. if you go to the doctor and he says you have cancer or she says you have cancer like it's their fault that's
0: right yeah mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and i think that because of that we're already bad at post-transaction work right we're already bad at all of that we're
2: not even bad we're, we're non-existent we don't do it we don't do we're non-existent that. it's true, it's that, true. That, that that's what it is right yeah, and absolutely I, look look i made the joke and i said we're you know Agents act like teenage boys. They try to close on the first date and then they move on, right? Mm-hmm. And that's you know whatever. It's it's but it's very true from the perspective that lifetime value of a client, right? It's one hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. Nationwide uh, study shows it's one hundred right? and seventeen thousand dollars, right? When I say that, people look at you and they're like, "What?" Like that's and they know that if they actually looked at their their client base as an average value per person of one hundred and seventeen thousand, meaning the number of times they'll buy and sell, the number of times they refer you, the number of times, like they would treat people different. And so the basic point I was making was, look, there's pre-close and there's post-close. And when you look at where that value falls, the majority of that value is at pre-close or post-close. And everybody's just like, well, duh, it's post-close. Well, where's your time get spent? And then they start to go, oh, shoot, it's all Mm pre-close. It's all pre-close. And so, you know, you look at how people. Well, I'll say
0: it's all pre-close if you're lucky. A lot of people are spending most of their time. During the transaction, messing around paperwork, yeah, and not really, you know, in even the pre-close part no. of their business, the, the they're not main, focusing the, on prospecting in the first place. No, some, some of them.
2: But the main point I'm trying to make to them is like this fundamental shift. And I've li- literally, like, I made the joke, whatever, but I won't go through it now. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm delivering this message all over the world. Like all now that the world's opened up, whatever. It's like, look. We need to fundamentally understand that the transaction doesn't stop at the closing. It starts at the closing. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is a shift in mentality, you know, because everybody understands that. Everybody's like, that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's whatever. But then you look at their actions. You look at what they do on a regular basis. You look at where their energy, their time, their money, their, you know, all of that stuff is focused. It's not where it needs to be. You know, the, the real, the transaction starts at the closing. It doesn't stop at the closing. And so we have to build our business in a way that, that we're set up that way, that we're not just kind of closing with someone and saying, toodles, see you when you're ready, make sure you come back to me. Cause then we get mad at all of these disruptors and these, and this competition and everything else. And yet the truth is the only reason they're, they're able to exist is because we're not doing our jobs. You know, like we, we close with people and then we send them off as free agents mm-hmm. and we go off you go, mm-hmm. you know? And, and we, cause we think, look, there's a very important point that I didn't make today that I'm thinking about right now. And what we teach our students is there's no such thing as a past client. No such thing. There's current clients and there's prospective clients. That's it. So there's current clients, meaning they're either actively buying or selling with you or they're actively prospecting on your behalf for someone that's going to. But That's how we have to treat them. They're all active. Mm-hmm. So there's there's current clients that are actively buying and selling or actively prospecting on your behalf based on how you're following up and staying in touch with them. And then there's prospective clients. Those are people you're trying to pick up. But once somebody enters your your sphere, once somebody enters that, you know, that 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 area that, that is now they're working with you, whatever, the idea is they're never a past client. Ever. You know, that that somehow infers that like, you know, okay, great, you closed. Bye-bye. We're gonna try this all again later on. We'll see if I can if I can win you over again. Okay. And it's a it's a huge mistake. Like if you ever if you ever got to a point where like you know you're lucky enough to be walking into the gates of heaven and you get to ask god one question right now this isn't what you would ask but if you could say hey how much business came through <laughs> my funnel right through my people that went and used someone else and i don't even know about it like that's a way to depress yourself before you enter
0: oh for sure you when know what i'm today. saying
2: because it's astronomical we don't even know about it like yeah. that's the crazy thing you know and it's all because we're not viewing this business in the way that We need to in the world we live in today because, with all of this, with all of these disruptors and all of this competition, with all of this, whatever, our focus is not where it needs to be. You know, the number of people who found an agent through referral, past client, you know, whatever, like it keeps going up, not down. And I know that's not what the headlines read, but those are what the stats say. It's true. You know, and so the only reason that they go and use someone else during the third most stressful time in their life death, divorce, and moving. Think about that. Third most stressful time in their life death, divorce, and moving. They want to have someone who knows what they're doing. They want to feel comfortable. They want to know that they've got someone they trust. It's because it's not their job to stay in touch with us. Right. Right. It's our job to stay in touch with them. And yet when you look at our agent base, it's like, everyone's busy. You know, like mm-hmm. we learn at a young age to be busy. Right. I, I talking to my son the other day, I went downstairs, he's on his fourth hour of gaming and I'm like, Hey, you want to go do whatever? Not at I'm busy. Apparently he had to get to his fifth hour, mm-hmm. you know, like we learn at a very young age that there is there is importance in being busy. You know, we're so busy. We're so, you know, whatever. And yet when I look at that audience, I think to myself, okay, the person in here that does the most number of transactions and the person who does the least, they probably work the same number of hours. Yep. And so the point is, is that not all activities are created equal. You know, what are we doing? It's like a good diet, right? It's like saying, uh, you know what, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to give up burgers. Well, if you replace them with hot dogs, it doesn't matter that you replace burgers. Right. See what I'm saying? And so when you look at the, 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 you know, the time that you're spending on things and who you're spending time with and what you're spending time doing, we're all busy. We're all doing things. We're all, we're all a lot of us are too busy to ever actually be productive. Mm-hmm. That's what I call it. You're too busy to ever actually be productive. So when you take something like what I, what I was teaching earlier and I kind of touched on, it's like, hey, yeah, you're already busy. You're already doing a lot. But what can you replace right now? Because, you know, if you're spending more time converting a cold lead... More time, more energy, more whatever than you are maintaining a relationship of somebody who's already been converted, then your system is broke right now. You know, like those are the people you need to keep in the house. Those are, and so we went over some strategies of how to do that. And um, it's and, a it's a message that needs to be said right now.
1: And, and what gets me as someone who also coaches I coach brokerages mostly, but yeah. I coach agents along the way. Sometimes the opportunities are right there smacking them in the face and they still turn it down. I I had a a gal recently, she had a a client appreciation event coming up, a chili cook-off. She did not want to call her clients and invite them to them. I'm like, lead generation does not get any easier than calling your people to come to the event. What was her reasoning? I'm just not comfortable doing it. I'm like, then why are we having a client appreciation event? if you're not even comfortable inviting them to the event. It's like the seller who doesn't
2: want to sign in front of their house. Mm -hmm. They don't want anybody to know they're for sale.
1: And she was like, I'm just so busy with everything else. But I'm like, literally, you're spit. Why are we doing that? But sometimes the opportunities are right there in front of us. And yet we still just, meh, I'd rather go be busy. I'll focus on the cold. But the warm people, meh, I don't want to have a conversation with my friends for crying out loud.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes it's easier to get rejected by someone who doesn't know you than the fear of getting rejected by someone who does. And sometimes that is not even rejection. It's what we take as rejection, it's right? Mindset, it's, it's what we tell ourselves. That's it. Like communication 101, it's not what you say that matters. It's what people hear. Mm-hmm. It's all that matters, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't matter that I, you know, you get a couple together and they're talking to each other and one says something to one and they meant it a completely, you know, cool normal way right and now she or he is all upset because they think what you really meant was you know yeah. and so there's the the, the real world mm-hmm. reality perception and, versus reality and then there's what's going on in our heads mm-hmm. right and and so for those kinds of people it's interesting to me how um, they would much rather go to someone they don't know mm-hmm. and and I get it I actually do get it right but the funny part is is that It's all in their heads. Like the ones that actually uh, that they would be reaching out to, they're happy to hear from them. Yes. How many times have you got someone to make a call or whatever? And the people like, oh, my God, it's so good to hear from Mm -hmm. you. And they're like, wow, I thought they were going to like cut my head off. And, you know, and it's just not that way. Right.
1: I always say that if your insurance agent called you right now and invited you to this or just asked, how are you doing? How would you feel about that? Right. I would feel recognized, I would feel special, yeah, exactly. That's what you're going to go do is to make someone feel special and make them feel noticed that's, that's it.
2: all it is, even if they can't, so i we have a thing uh, we tell all our students that our job in this industry is to get people to know us k n o w so they have the opportunity to know us n o mm-hmm. okay, I like that so our job is to get people more people to know us, like that's how you grow k n o w mm-hmm. so they have the chance to know you n o. You know, you want to be the number one agent in your area. You need to make it a goal to be the number one rejected agent in the area. That's it. Like, when the goal is rejection, you can't lose. Right. You know? And so, you know, uh, when you look at the size of a business or the or the growth or whatever, there's a certain growth potential when you look at sphere of influence and those things. But there's another growth potential when you start talking about even outside now. That's where real growth starts to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, when I get in front of an audience and um, – you know, this happens more and more now, you know, when I did events 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever, everybody just thought I was going up to introduce my dad, you know? Um, and now at a lot of events, it's like most of the audience has context with you. They watch you on YouTube, they watch you on Instagram. They're like, you know, whatever. What I really get excited about is when I'm in front of an audience where there's not a lot of context Mm -hmm. where I'm like, Hey, how many of you have no context with me? You've never heard of me. And like half the crowd's hands goes up. I make a joke about it and I make it sound like I'm hurt. But the truth is on the inside, I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. because that's the potential for growth, right? I need to give more people an opportunity to uh, K-N-O-W me so they have an opportunity to N-O me Mm -hmm. because the the size of a business, how it grows in relation is always going to have to do with the number of people yesterday who had never heard of you, but today have to make a decision about you. Right. That's it. That's the goal, right?
1: It's simply a numbers game. That's it. And I, I remember back when I was running my office in the Northland, I had one agent and she knew that for every four no's I got, I got a yes. So, like, she'd be like, I got my third no for the day. That yes is coming around the corner. <laughs> there you and go. that's the right attitude to have. But too often it's like, I've had three three no's today. I might as well just stop um, and not do anything at all. I'm, I suck. And I was like, no. Yeah. Get it and keep working towards it because I know that you need this many no's to get your yes. That's it. I, I had a guy come it. up
2: to me at an event recently and uh, he came over and he gave me the old humble brag. And he's like, you know, hey, man. uh you know, really appreciate your message today, you know, and really he's saying what he's going to say, but he was just trying to get to the point where he's going to let me know um, how he changes into a cape every day. And he's like, he's like, I really appreciate your message, man. They really need to hear that. You know, as soon as I hear they need to, I'm like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Um, You know, they really needed to hear that. You know, Uh, I've got like a 97% closing ratio on my listing appointments, you know, so if you ever need me to help out with some stuff or whatever, you know, so what do you think about that? And I looked at him, and I literally said, I said, you know what I think about that? And he goes, what? I go, that sucks. And he goes, what do you mean? He was all thrown off. I said, 97% closing ratio. You're obviously only dealing with people you know very well because nobody – meets with people, new opportunities, new prospects, new people, they went outside of their sphere, they, they gave themselves opportunity to grow, and has a 97% closing ratio, unless you're standing there with a gun to their head, right. and telling them list with me, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I said, that's terrible, man. I said, you're way underperforming on your potential. Like, like, obviously, like, obviously, you're good at what you do, you're whatever, but you're way underperforming. And I think he left that interaction uh, a little bit different than what mm-hmm. he was expecting. He was <laughs> right. expecting to get motivated and be whatever. And I kind of sent him off with his head down a bit, mm-hmm. but I was But was you just, had a
1: coaching moment. It was with just him. the point
2: of look, man, ninety seven percent means you're only you have no potential for growth. Right. You're way too comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. Our job is to get people to us. give us an opportunity so they have a chance to NO us. Yep. That's it. When the goal is no, uh, when you make it a goal to be the most rejected, you're gonna win. Right. Like you know what you know what nobody ever talks about? Let me do this real quick. Yeah. This probably isn't on the scripts or whatever. But. We don't have scripts. Okay. So so we've known each other for, you know. I said 10,
1: 12 years at the very beginning. I yeah. think that's about I didn't have one accurate. gray. We yeah. didn't,
2: you know, whatever, right? No. So so when I was first starting to get in now, right? So, so we're at a place now where, uh, you know, I said it from the thing. We have the third largest coaching and training program. We will be number one. Mm-hmm. The other two have a 25-year jump. Uh, On me, you know, we've got way more events than we can ever say yes to. We've got like just crazy, like it's like it's literally mind boggling sometimes. I'm like, what the heck happened, right? Right. But you know what, nobody pays attention to is when I first started and I made the transition from a very successful real estate business to, oh, I think there's something here. I'm going to give this a shot. I had no brand, I had no students, I had no speaking fees, I had no nothing. And what I literally did was I went online. And I started looking up events across the country and then across Canada. And I started looking at every association and every brand and every region and every whatever. I started figuring out who it was that books this, you know, whatever. Yep. And I started making a list and I started calling on every single one of these. And all I got were no's, 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 nose. Hey, send us your stuff in March. That's when we're making a decision. Okay, there's a potential. Next, 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 next. And I think sometimes people will look now and it's like, we're able to turn things down now. We don't prospect for it. We don't, but what no one pays attention to is like the stuff I'm teaching right now is that is how I built this, not only how I built my real estate business, it's how I built this business. Exactly. was by getting said no to by all of these places that call now and we get to say no to Mm -hmm. them. And yet back then it was like next, 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 just rejection and I didn't take it personal. I didn't sit there and go, hey, this person on the other line who doesn't know me, who is going to forget about me shorter than a, a goldfish forgets things in six seconds, like whatever, doesn't matter. That's the quicker that I can now make the next call and the next call and the next call and the next call. And I wasn't focused on how much I was rejected and what a loser I am and what I would ever. All of a sudden I'd be like, holy crap, I got four events. Got four events that I'm making a thousand bucks to go to. Holy crap! Someone's paying me a thousand. Someone's gonna pay my expenses, right? To come to an event, yeah. I'm gonna get to have a video there.
1: And now and you like, look back are on that, see you're like, me. Yeah. like
2: they're gonna see me. On a, I'm gonna be able to like take that video and do something with. Holy crap! I just hung out at a picnic for free for eight hours. Right. Like this is, and so nobody pays attention to that. But like the things that I'm talking about with them. It's what I did. It's the exact it's same thing. And it's,
1: yeah. it's, you know, I always describe it. It's gradually, gradually, then suddenly. But yeah. you've got to build up the steam. You've got to get there and you have to put in the work. And that's the conversation that I have with my people every single week is I don't know anyone who's successful in this business that did not put in the work. I don't know anybody who's gone and put in the work day in and day out and then did not become a success eventually. But if you never put in the work, you're guaranteed to never be a success in this business.
2: Well, there's another side to that too. So so by making the calls, by getting the reject, by, by whether it's real estate, whether it's what I'm doing, whether it's whatever, what it does is it gives you the platform to see if you have it. And and everybody thinks, oh, so that means I'm going to be able to make it now. No, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes what it means is that you give yourself the platform to realize that you're chasing something that doesn't fit your skill set. You know, And so one of the things I love about the industry today is that there's not everybody is the same thing. It used to be that you're an agent and you do everything. You're schizophrenic. You're a great marketer. You're a great negotiator. You're, you're a great bullcrapper. Like you're everything to everybody, you know? And in the world we live today where things are shifting is that some people are buyer agents. Some people are listing agents. Some people are marketing people. Some people are TCs. Mm-hmm. Some people are admins. Some people are team leaders. Some people are, you know, there's all these different roles now that when you understand the business of it, it's like, okay, when I get put on this platform, now I can find out that look, you're going to tell me that a buyer agent who drives around in cars with people for six hours are, is different than a listing agent who goes in and closes on the spot? They're two different personalities. And so by putting yourself on that platform where you get opportunities in front of people, yes, yeah, sometimes you find out that you have it and, you, and you, you get to excel and succeed at a level that maybe other people don't get to. But sometimes one of the best things that happens is you find out you didn't have it in that area. And so you don't waste the next five years trying to become something that you weren't made to be. And you're like, oh, I don't really have it in this area. So now I can pivot because my skill set is over here. And you don't get romantic about the idea that, well, that's what I wanted. That's what I, you, everyone's happier when they get to do the things that actually fit their skill set, right? It's one of the major issues in our industry is that we're making failing agents our admin. We're like, hey, you suck at your job. Why don't you come suck at this job? And, uh, you know, if this works out, I'll be your financial bridge to throw you back out there and you'll leave me, you know? we can't get upset when an apple tree doesn't produce pears, right? You know, you can't get upset when a pear tree doesn't produce apples. Like at the end of the day, we have skill sets and we have different skills and talents. And by giving yourself the opportunity and getting said no to and putting yourself on that platform where you get to try out whatever it is that you're trying to do, mm-hmm. you not only in some cases find out you're amazing and that's what you should be doing, but sometimes one of the best things that ever happens is you find out it's not what you should have been doing. It's just what, what the option was to you because you saw somebody else doing it, but you're actually going to be happier over here. Mm-hmm. This is where your skill set lies. Right. Jared, thank you for
1: stopping in here today. Looking Can forward
2: be- to your afternoon session. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. me too, guys. I'm uh I love the fact that we get to, you know, you do the keynote, which is awesome, right? And then for me, I love doing practical. Like, you know, it's more than just think big and think bigger. Right. You know, like I hate that stuff. Yep. I literally hate that stuff. For me, it's really cool to kind of be like, all right, guys, we're going to talk about specifically how to get listings. And we're going right. to go step by step. And there's not going to be as many jokes. Right. But you're going to leave here and be like, why am I not doing that? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to start doing that now. Like, that's that to me is super exciting. And not that what I do this morning isn't valuable, but it to me, that's just so much more valuable when somebody comes to a conference that they leave with that. They can
1: actually take it, put it into practice
2: immediately. That's it. Like what's the one or two things go, right? you know? Yeah.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks guys.